This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show with me, Charlie Hawkins, James and Dia from the back of the nest. It's a pleasure to be in your company, boys. I've got to admit... I was expecting one of you to go, Eagles. Oh, I thought that was going to be my welcome. Uh, uh, unfortunately not. The way that our pre-season's going, that no one's really optimistic. It does seem like it anyways. <laughs> no one's really looking forward to next season. Well, I just blame the weather. I'm just exhausted from that heat outside. Uh, I haven't got the energy well. to shout out Eagles. Yeah, I, was, I, was actually, yeah, I was actually outside today, I'm just glad- trying, to, trying to get time. <laughs> I'm glad you've just said that, because I thought I was the only person who, who... I'm not enjoying this weather. It's too hot. Well, it was lovely coming in this studio, but yeah. you were saying Charlie earlier, they didn't have the air con on. They I didn't mean, have God, the air con on. That must have been awful. Awful. 26. <laughs> in it I walked walked into a sauna yeah this is how they treat me here first day a a big blast of heat yeah in the deep end with the Palace boys but don't worry we're going to get through it for the next hour you've just touched on it there we have to start pre-season what has gone wrong Uh, everything really (laughs) Um, we'll start with that then yeah so Wan-Bissaka of course he got sold um, which is understandable with the price that United pay for him and if you're looking at the pre-season games we We've only won one game, and that was the first game against FC Luzerne. And that's really it. If you're looking at some of the performances, um, even though it's pre-season, it's been really poor. And I feel like Palace fans in general now are slightly concerned by it going into next season because there's, there hasn't been any signs of optimism, really. Yeah, I'm not sure that trip abroad was a success, really, was it? I mean, mm. it it didn't really go very well we didn't get the probably the results that we expected um i mean yeah we're missing a couple of players i mean zaha was away um but um we can't keep relying on zaha and you know who knows if he's going to be around next season anyway um but yeah i I agree with you it's it's been a little bit negative because wan pasaka has gone i'm still i'm still not happy with the fee i still think we could have kept him and 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 but then if the player wants to go it's a you know it's set him up for life five-year contract 
he's making 20 odd million out of it over five years and you know every boy's dream is probably to play for somebody like man united so you can't you can't stop a young lad like that but but as dr said you know i think what we need is we we know our weaknesses and we need some a couple of reasonable signings just to get a little bit of confidence back very difficult to keep a player that doesn't want to be there. Very, you know, a player wants out, his agent's going to push for the move, he might not turn up to training. We're going to be talking about that. Obviously, Zaha, will he do that? But we are talking pre-season first. And, you know, I've done my research, I looked into it this morning, and on the surface, terrible. 6-2 to Barnet and 1-0 yeah. to Bromley. But <laughs> I, I dug a little deeper, I looked at the highlights and, you know, read the team reports, read all the all the stuff coming out from the games very youthful sides you know you wasn't playing your full strength side certainly not the side you'll be feeding in the Premier League how much does pre-season really matter look I feel like for the youngsters it matters a lot because they really don't get the chance during the season and you look at the Barnet game um, that they had first team players couple first team players and youngsters and from the looks of it well you could look at the result and the performances none, none of them stepped up and then the Bromley game is purely youngsters Again, no one really stepped up. And yes, you shouldn't look at the results too much. But then again, individual performances, uh, I feel like even though it's pre-season, it still matters because this is your time to shine, really, for some of them. And it's just frustrating from a Palace fan's perspective because I was actually expecting one or two at least to step up and no one has. And you look at... our You're looking for the next stars coming through. Exactly. And you look at our transfer activity, it doesn't seem like we're going to bring in anyone anytime soon and the transfer window's closing in about two weeks as well so it's that's the thing it's not looking nice going into next season um but then again we as james mentioned we haven't had uh zaha he's he's come back from the afghans and he's on a holiday uh mamadou sako he's uh he had an injury problem and he didn't really play in switzerland he didn't actually play so it's not like we've had our first team back but then again i was watching the nottingham nottingham game uh, mm. the other day and the first half was just absolutely dreadful. And that's what I'm worried about. We saw Wan-Bissaka and now it seems like teams have figured us out that they haven't got any fullbacks to defend. Patrick Van Arno and Joe Ward can't. So mm. I feel like you can slowly see signs of you know how teams could attack us next mm. season. And that's a little bit worrying. What it seems to me, and please, James, dear, tell me if I'm wrong. No one wants to lose in pre-season. No one wants to lose any football games. Mm. But you lo- you're losing football games. Then you're not signing one. And it's sort of like a domino effect. You're like, well, this is terrible. But I feel like the the weak transfer activity has made these pre-season results seem worse. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think the problem is, is that... Um, and I think Roy came out uh, with it in the press today um, or recently um, and said that Steve Parrish and Dougie Friedman, who's our footballing director, are... Are desperately trying to get strength in depth because quite clearly you know these games especially Barnet I think we went 2-0 up you know yeah. uh, a couple of uh, experienced players up front I think I can't remember who scored but uh, we Corner. Wickham played yeah, Wickham, yeah. Yeah. yeah but we so we went 2-0 up and then you're, you're looking at these like you say the youngsters that are coming through and the the second street these are going to be the second string team and and you know to 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 go 2-0 up and then lose 6-2 um it's just unacceptable um, for a Premiership side, even in a friendly, I feel. And in the Premier League, you have to have 22 very good players. You can't just have the first 11 and rely on them week in, week out. And obviously, this is why Steve Parrish and Dougie Friedman are 
concerned and Roy's concerned. And I think it's not it's it's becoming very very difficult to to replace players. People the the other teams are not making players available. They're tying them into long contracts and. The only players that seem to become available though, are the ones that are not playing well or are coming back from injury because these seem to be the players that we're going for. Nathaniel Klein, you know, ex-player, 28 years of age, so he's the wrong end of the 20s. Didn't get Came back from injury, didn't get, really get back into Liverpool, so I got loaned out to Bournemouth. Didn't play very well for Bournemouth. Bournemouth fans will tell you that. And we're possibly looking at him and I'm thinking, well, hold on a second, but he's going to be high wages. He's going to be quite expensive and... He didn't actually have a good season for Bournemouth. Um, so, yeah, it worries me. And then we're looking at Ayu, you know, another player that we had on loan last season, scored one goal. You know, he's a striker. You know, you get paid for the goals you scored and we're looking to re-sign him. Yeah, OK, it's only two and a half million, but it takes up a striker's place. And that worries me. Um, and then we're looking at James MacArthur from Everton, who's been injured, I think, for a, coming back from injury. And yeah, you know, a few years ago, he was a good player, good, reliable player for Everton. Another one that's injury prone. Another yeah. one that's coming back from an injury. And mm. we all know from our own experience, from Yannick Balassi going to Everton, you know, great player, fantastic for us. Went to Everton, got in the team, started playing really well, got a horrendous injury. And never got his place back, and he's been loaned out into Belgium, and you can't get back in. So. Well, is this where the problem lies, then, James? You've got that money. What is the general consensus of Palace fans that they want that to be reinvested almost straight away into the first team, and then the players you're linked with are injury prone, plans that are coming off away from bigger clubs, and this isn't really what sells to you as an exciting new dawn, new chapter. Yeah, I'm worried that we are spending, going to spend too much money on players that maybe are possibly coming back from injury so might be again injury prone uh also players are at the wrong end of their career uh james MacArthur and nathaniel klein are both 28 i believe i would i really want us to use our expertise and maybe dougie friedman is the man for this is to go into the lower leagues and just try and find some decent players i mean dougie did it for us before he found milai jedanak you know from i think he was playing in turkey at the yeah. time and, and what a player he turned out to be and a captain for Crystal Palace. Um, but how much of a risk and reward yeah. is that? Is uh, that really that sensible? Because we, we, we can talk about the odd ones that work. You've just mentioned one there, another one, Jamie Vardy brings to mind. But are they few and far between? And then is that a quick way for Palace to get a lot of stick and go, you've got that money and you're developing in League One Championship? Is, is, is that what they want? Is that what you both want? I feel like it's a bit too risky for my liking because even the teams look at us as a Premier League club and mm. they're going to demand lots of money for for players who haven't really proven themselves. So you might go for a league, league one side or championship side and they might want 10 or 15 million for a player. And it's, it's a massive gamble. So I, it's, it's hard uh, with Palace because even though we've got 50 million from Aaron Wan-Bissaka, um, our problem wasn't our problem doesn't seem like money itself. It's how we spend the money on wages. And Wan-Bissaka wasn't a top earner at the club. So that doesn't really change anything. And we're still spending so much on players. Uh, like like uh, likes of Wilf and Sacco, who earn a lot. And they're still at the club. So it's not, it's not as easy to say, oh, we've got 50 million, let's just spend it back. When you technically can't do that because of how much you already spend on players. Um right now at a club mm. so I, I find it a bit difficult so I understand why we were we, we are slow with the transfer activity but then again um, every player that 
that we're linked with, it seemed like another Premier League club wants them as well. And when that happens, I'm automatically get I automatically get worried because I'm not optimistic of us competing with other Premier League clubs in terms mm. of signing players and due to how we're structured structured right now. Well, but this is is this not a problem for every club because this is a shorter window this year, isn't it? It's not going to the end of August, it's only going to the end of July. So there isn't much time anyway. But a number of uh young players that you've just mentioned there and you said you could drop down in the leagues. Reese James is another name. He's the Chelsea player. He was on loan at Wigan last year. He was incredible. Now, I, I know a lot of Chelsea people, the Chelsea fans who are here on Love Sport, they rave about Reese James. He's a real player for them, a gem for the future. If you could get someone like that, is that someone you'd want? Well, yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of respect for fans that, that will come on a, sh- a show like this and say, look, he is a really quality player because I think there's no one more that you can trust than a fan that goes to watch a match every week in, week, in, week out. And I don't know enough about Reese Jones, but, you know, he's been touted at being valued at 20 million. Um, you know, we were discussing it earlier. He hasn't really had any premiership experience. Um, so... Yeah, but James, you can't moan at that. You just said we've got to go to the lower league. So no Premier League experience. 45 games last year for I, Wigan. I agree, but 20 million does sound is, a lot of money. The, but it, is that... it does, but is the, market, the market's yeah, crazy. 20 million it's crazy, now. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, we're hearing today uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi, 180 grand a week, new contract mm. at Chelsea, which is just, I mean, I think personally it's outrageous. He's, is he 18, 180 yeah. grand a week? Mm. The market is only dictating that, isn't it, really? Yeah, it's a limited market. There's not so many players around or being made available. So, yeah, possibly. Um, I, I don't know the position. Reese James is a sort of defender stroke midfielder, isn't he? He's a fullback. Um, yeah. And I feel like if we were to spend 20 million, I would go for Reese James. And it is a risk, but the sign, from what he's showing at Wigan last season, for example, is that he is a quality player. And as, as you said, with the Chelsea fans, and he has got massive, massive potential. So, mm. I'll take that gamble because I am genuinely worried about our fullback going into next season. As last season, when we had Wan Bissaka, teams would normally target Patrick Van Aanholt. But now we've got Joel Ward there and Van Aanholt, and both really struggle to defend. So I'm genuinely concerned going into next season having both of them as our fullbacks and think that we need another person. Well, let- I, I do Sorry, agree. I do agree that we do possibly need to have a look at replacing Wan Bissaka, but. What a lot of people have posted on social Cole media. Cole Jenkinson's available. Oh, yeah. no, no, no. I've heard that, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no way. I'm not no sure. Way. Yeah, I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> I have to say, if we've got these funds available, you know, a lot of people are saying, why are we not redirecting these funds to other positions, like striker positions, where we can't score? Because, you know, without Zaha, we've really struggled to score. And with Benteke, you know, not finding form since when he first joined us, and no one else has really stepped up to the plate. I mean, you know, unless Connor Wickham has a fantastic season, which we're all praying for. And they did yeah. give him a new contract, didn't they? They did. Yeah. So, so they've really put their faith in him. I think they've got, you know, an idea. I think they feel that he's had enough months in training since probably January when he came back and he's had a couple of games here or there and been a substitute. So he's probably quite fit and he's been through pre-season. So, yeah, but... I don't think we can we can rely on the likes of, of Benteke and uh, and Connor Wickham, uh, and that just leaves Zaha. So I would have liked to have seen us go for a striker. Um, and I know we were looking at Batshuayi, but I'm not sure he's going to be available now. Well, let's just quickly take it back to the last day of the season then. Season's over, before pre-season, players aren't even on the beach yet. Mm. You've looked at yourselves and gone, 
these are the positions we really need to strengthen. What were they? Striker. Uh, my top priority would have been getting Batshuayi back at the club because he, he actually managed to fit into Roy's system, which is mm. very rare for a striker, as you can see. Um, even at his previous clubs, stri- I think it was Odin Wingy at West Brom that scored um, over 10 goals. I'm not too sure if it was even over 10. But yeah, Batshuayi, because he's a natural goal yeah. scorer and he knows Roy's system and he fit really well in it. And that's the only, that, that's the position that I looked at. And I think I think both of us maybe are looking at fullbacks. I think PVA Patrick van Arnholt has been a bit of a weak link, not as consistent we'd liked. Um, there's not as much cover there, and obviously losing Wan Bazaka, we're relying on you know an old old head as Joel Ward. Is it too much for him? It, who knows? We don't know. We'll have to see how it goes. But I'd suggest that yes, last game of the season. We've lost Batswai because he went back to Chelsea. Uh, we've lost Aaron Bazaka, so that presents itself as a right back, right fullback that we're looking to replace. And left back was our probably our weakest position most of the season. Um, so I'd say at least one fullback, but definitely a striker. So there you have it, wing backs and a striker. We've looked at potential players going out. It's time. No, we've looked at potential players coming in, and it's time to look at one big potential player going out. Love sports. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here with me, Charlie Hawkins, James and Dia. And it's now time to talk about Zaha. But if two opinions wasn't enough on the Eagles, we've now been joined by Nick. And I'm sure he'll have plenty to say on Zaha. Nick, are you there? You're right, Charlie. I hope um, DR and James are treating the new boy well, are they? Well, it's only 20 minutes in, so yeah, I'm okay so far. <laughs> I'll maybe ask again in half an hour. I'm glad you've come on. You're going to stick up for me, Nick. Yeah, well, you might see me in the next couple of weeks. I'm normally on anyway. Um, right, I need to interject on something that was said before the break. Some, um, James says a lot of wise things there about players and an ageing squad, but he seems to be of the mind that with all this Wan-Bissaka money, I've, I feel that that's actually kept us going. We needed that money just to almost stay afloat. I've seen charts and of accounts over the last few years years the wage bill is absolutely horrendous um we're on the start of a new, new ffp cycle so we've got to be really really careful with the budget and stuff so actually losing one bissaka might have actually helped keep us going uh, which means we don't have to sell wealth are you saying um, nick that you, crystal palace were in that bad state that 50 million w- was really needed just to not to keep you safe but help you go in there because we know with wages ffp you've mentioned that they straight away that's that 50 million's almost just gone to paying the wage bill maybe for next year yeah indeed and i mean everybody goes on about oh yeah all the tv money's coming in look how big the deals are but look how much the players wages grow exponentially and and to see ad the graph of ad it's it's almost at 60, 70 degrees over the, over the five years. I don't know if you can visualise that. But, yeah, so I think we, we could be getting ahead of ourselves. If we can get somebody cheap, that'd be good. I mean, I don't, don't know what happened about the two lads who were looking out at Brentford. Um, that seemed to have disappeared. I um, don't know if anything more will come of that. Um, also, there's lots of rumblings about a takeover, but we know the Americans want to come out. Um, and then there's a third American owner. And the problem is some of their shares have been divvied out into hundreds of micro shares. And all those people want a big, big dividend back for that. Nick, I so, just... So actually selling the club is going to be really hard. And why we've got that, we've got the limbo, because who's going to splash out 60 million quid on a player if you don't know who's going to be there? 
and you, you can't sell your best asset because we'll go down. So even if Arsenal offer a hundred million, we should just say to Wilf, no, one more season. Yeah, I agree with that, Nick. And I do agree with you that I think uh, we were forty million in the loss, weren't we, um, on the accounts? So maybe that Wambasaka deal has um, allowed us to, you know, um, balance the books. And I know that you know Parish has said that, and the board have said that, you know, pretty much all the TV money goes on wages. So I'm with you on that one. But all I'm thinking of is that you know you've got to speculate to accumulate, and you know. If this Wambasaka, if this Wambasaka deal hadn't happened, then definitely it wouldn't have been the, the money available. And I think you know a, a club is always going to be a bit, as a, for want of a better phrase, overdrawn. Um, and we have to maybe sort of you know speculate a little bit here and say, well, okay, you know the books are better in this, uh, than they were before the deal on Wambasaka, but to maintain our Premiership survival, we still need to use. A significant amount of that fifty million to to boost uh, you know the positions that I've I've talked about. You're, you're, you're spot on there. Is a fine balancing act um, with the fullback position you mentioned. I've heard lots of good stuff about this Mitchell guy that appeared in uh, yeah. the pre-season uh, tournament. He got injured though, didn't he? Yeah. So he's due back in a few weeks. So hopefully his Mitchell guy will be good. Um, but hope, hope... Back to Will because I've got to go in a minute. Sorry. What's really irked me the most is seeing on so many sports websites and web pages, Sky, you do it, picture of Wilf with an Arsenal badge next to him. <laughs> I've seen it so many times. And also on Twitter, Arsenal fans, don't be condescending. We might be a little club, but don't look down on us and say, oh, yeah, you should let him go because we're bigger than you. You know, have, have a bit of gravitas about yourself, Arsenal fans. It's not good. It's not good. It could certainly be deemed as patronising. He, he means as much to you. He, they, they want him. But I just want to ask you something quickly, Nick, because we did touch upon it earlier. Will mentioned players uh, maybe looking in the lower leagues for players. You just mentioned about the guys at Brentford. Are you really telling me that you're happy that, you know, because you are a Premier League top half side now. Are you really telling me that you're happy with your team looking in the lower leagues for players? Does that, does that scream that you're trying to take the next step up? I'd like to know that we're looking anywhere at the moment because it just doesn't seem to be anything other than, you know, half-truth and rumour. Um, let's hope things are going on behind the scenes. But if they're good enough, they can, they can come up and play. I mean, we, we were after that Norwich right back, I think. Um, he's meant to be very, very good. I can't, can't recall his name. Uh, but, you know, they're not going to sell him. They've, they've just got promoted. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Um, so, 
I don't know. We, we need to get somebody in as long as we don't have to put up with watching Thorlock. Thing is, Nick, Nick, there's not... I'll tell you what, mate. There's not a lot of transfer activity out there all round, to be honest with you. Uh, I yeah. just, I just, you know, unless... If, if I could see one or two free transfers happening every day, then I'd be worried. But there just doesn't seem to be any transfer activity out there at all. And I think once you see one or two, then you get the knock-on effect. Um, like the, the chain in a house it, it, exactly, you know, They've got to free up money. Exa- money. Exactly. And I'm not panicking at this stage. And I think it's going to be, yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be the same old story last couple of days. <laughs> you know, try players driving from Birmingham to London and last minute signings and then it's going to be well if we get him in we can sell him and I just think that's the way it is and, and unfortunately it, it's it's going to be like that this summer again yeah. Um, but yeah I'm with you on, on being frustrated though Simon Jordan did reveal on a podcast I listened to that um, it wasn't uncommon for football teams to turn the clock back on the fax machine because they still use <laughs> such an outdated thing that they could say they got their sent it across on time what a crazy world we live in. Crazy world, Nick. We really thank you for joining us and uh, giving us your view. Nick there, another Palace fan. Uh, he, he wasn't happy, Will. He, uh, James, he's put you right. But um, yeah. there it is. But players in the lower league, we have to talk about because we didn't. Zaha. Mm. Uh, for me, I know you two have obviously got an opinion on it. You've got a view. Is it one of those things where, you know, if he wants to go, maybe, you know, he's played his part, he's contributed, he wants to leave, maybe you're okay with that, you're fine. If you get... If you get a good price for him, that's okay. We don't know what you're going to say yet. I know you want to uh, uh, butt in, James. But if it drags on and then you get all this this, this messy divorce, it's a bit chaos. Is he going to train? Is His brother's going to say certain things. Other things are being leaked to the press. And it hangs over you. And then that almost, like Nick just said there, it sort of impacts on your transfer dealings because you waiting for this Zaha money. Well, you need to replace him. Then it's this big cloud that lingers over and it sort of becomes a more messy divorce, doesn't it? I can't see that happening. Um, uh, two reasons. I think the first reason is we won't sell him. At all. I don't think we'll sell him. I think Wilfred Zaha will be a Crystal Palace player next year. I think he will year. be a Crystal Palace player next season. I don't think anyone out there in other clubs value him as much as we do, as we value him for us. Um, and until they do, then he's going to stay with us. And does he? when he comes back, is he going to have a grudge? Is he going to not turn up for training? No, I don't think he will. I think he's a professional... He's still only 26. I think he can come out next season and he can have the season of his life, improve on what he's done the last two seasons and say to other clubs out there, I'm not, you know, they valued me at 70 million. I'm now worth 100 million and get 20 goals for us. I honestly believe that. I think he's a good lad at heart and he had his experience when he was younger at Manchester United. He wouldn't want to, I don't think he'd want to do the nasty on Crystal Palace. And we cannot, as I say, we cannot afford to let him go unless we've got a replacement. Otherwise, we will go down. Can I just give you a flip side perspective before we get mm. you in there, Dia? Because you, you say do the nasty on Palace, and, and, and that's completely fair. I just want to see what you mean by that, because th- th- there's another side to it. So, for instance, Arsenal, Koscielny, he wants to leave. And a lot of fans are saying, nine years at the club, that's terrible. You know, You've ruined your legacy. You've tarnished how we have you as a view. But the flip side is... He's 33. He now wants to go and play in France, where he's from, where his family's from. Let him go. He's had his time. Is there not a feeling, Zaha? You've helped us. You've made a massive contribution. You're not single-handedly helped us stay no. up. Now go and try it. I don't want to say a bigger club is into Condescend Palace, but maybe someone who's playing European football at yeah. the minute. 
is is there that or you you don't see it that way I at don't, all? Well, why would he why did he sign a five year contract last summer? Then you know. It, it doesn't but what make... a contract's worth in today's football and but society. Do you know, but do you know what I mean? No, it's I completely like, agree. I'm sorry, but if if you don't go and sign a five year contract and then say next season, oh, I'm, I want to go. I've always wanted mm. to go. Blah blah blah. Well, sorry, but look but... at Arnautovic <laughs> in January. He signed a new deal because they go, oh, we'll give you more wages. Yeah. Sign a deal, and he goes, I'm still going to beg for a move in six months. Yeah, I understand yeah. it, but with with Palace and the Zaha situation, I feel like. Palace needs to think about it in business ways because if Zaha leaves, he's our main man right now. There's there's a chance that we could get relegated, and in the future, the circum the financial um, circumstances could get a lot worse. So I feel like we need to look at it that way. And I I, I agree with um, James in a way that I don't feel like Zaha is going to cause a hissy about. He's just going to come back to Palace, and he will train as it is. And he's he's off right now. Uh, due to what happened at the Afghans. He was away for a while and he just returned right now. So there's no panic there. He's he's enjoying his holiday. You can see it on his social media. And yeah, He's, I, he's I, on a jet ski. Yeah, moment. he's on a, yeah, he was on a jet ski. So I don't feel like... <laughs> he's not stressed. Yeah, he's not stressed. He's, he's enjoying life. And I, 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 I oh, agree with you. I don't see... a horrible time. I've I, just signed a new deal. Someone wants me for 70 million and I'm on holiday on a jet ski. Yeah, I mean, oh. yeah. What a lifestyle. But unless a... Unless Arsenal actually do bid the 80 million that we want. I don't see him leaving, leaving, and I don't see Arsenal bidding that much. So I'm, I'm fairly confident at this stage. And the the Reece Nelson thing, potentially. Coming, yeah, we haven't even touched upon that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's that helps more Arsenal than us. We develop Reece Nelson for one year, we play him, and then we send him back to you. Very valid. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I so do agree. I, I, I said earlier, I said that that Arsenal deal, if that is true, yeah. is win-win for Arsenal. They get Zaha, yeah. you develop Reese Nelson, you play <laughs> week in, week out for Palace, which you wouldn't do for Arsenal this yeah. year, and then he comes back to us. But you'd still get a very good player. You are getting something, I, but it I is know, a bit... But I want 60 million and Aubameyang. And, I want, you go. and, and I'm hoping some Arsenal fans listen there because I'm, <laughs> I'm giving it straight back to you, Arsenal fans. Yeah, good for you. That's what we. That yeah. is how much we rate Zaha. Yeah. Well, th- this was my next question. Just quickly, then, what is Zaha's valuation to you? What do you? Wh- wh- where would you open up the paper and you go? All right. Well, I can't argue that he went at that price. Realistically, be, be real. Let's be realistic here. I know because he's your player. You don't want him to yeah. go. But realistically, what is Zaha's valuation for Palace? I think seventy, seventy mil. 70 to 80 million. I'd say 80 million, yeah. For Palace. Not a penny less, no. no. For Palace, he's worth that much. And he's 26. He's still got exactly. really his best and the years thing in is, front of him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, at Palace, he, he's still going to be the main man. If he goes to Arsenal, that might hinder his development in a way that he won't be the star man and not everything will run through him. And I feel like Zaha loves being the guy and controlling and orchestrating the attack. Hey, look, just look at what happened at Arsenal last season. He absolutely run the show, and all even the you are every Arsenal fan that went to that game or so on. They will, and they've said it because I've heard them talking about Zaha as a signing on on the show here with Johnny. They all said Zaha was fantastic that day, and that was at the Emirates, and he absolutely ran the show. He was brilliant. Well, that they said that was the day that Unai Emery fell in love with him. It's yeah. like this, this yeah. we need this guy on the wings. Best player on the pitch. Yeah, but I think that's not doing a disservice to Zaha. I think he was brilliant all year. I think he's really yeah. come into his own now. And if, if I'm a Palace fan, I don't want him to go. And we don't 
it's not like uh, you're not hard up anymore. I know we just heard a little bit about the loss, but you have sold Wan Bissaka. We, we don't need to be forced to do anything. So yeah. we know the valuation: seventy million Arsenal pants fay up because he <laughs> is going nowhere. Love sports. You're listening to the Crystal Palace Fan Show here with me, Charlie Hawkins, James, and Dia. We were going to talk to Ed Aaron's. He's running a little bit behind, but we are going to get him on the phone tonight. We're going to be talking to him in around five, ten minutes time. But let's look now. Just two weeks, just over two weeks to the Premier League kickoff. We've talked a little bit about transfers, a little bit about pre-seasons. But realistically, what do we want to see from now until day one kickoff? Um, well, we've got three games left in pre-season, pretty much. We've got Bristol City, AFC Wimbledon and Hertha Berlin at Sutter Spark. So in terms of performances and maybe results kind of see improvements because we're we're coming towards the start of the Premier League um, starting with Bristol City on a weekend um, so that's what I want to see personally because especially from the fullbacks um, Joe Ward and Van Aanholt I need to see glimpses of hope because I'm genuinely really worried about going into next season with both of them starting there yeah I want to see some clean sheets for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, against friendlies, against Barnet and Nottingham Forest, I, I, you know, going forward, Bristol City, I want to see a clean sheet. Ideally, you want to see one of the strikers score um, at least one goal. Um, I think if we can if we can build up over the next two or three weeks, uh, the defence, get them communicating really well, defending really well, not conceding, and get the odd goal, then the the confidence will build from that and hopefully by the time we start I think we've got a really good opportunity the first game of the season we've got Sheffield United away which I'm going to I've, I'm allowed to go to That's that the one sec- second game second Everton, game. Sorry, yeah, Everton, yeah, Everton yeah, first yeah. I mean yeah sorry yeah <laughs> Everton first which is again I think yeah. winnable yeah, but Sheffield game. United away which I think is is a definite target three points that one mm. because they, they will be Obviously, a bit naive. Haven't been in the Premier League for a few years now. Chris Wilder will have him drilled, though. Good it coach. Will. But yeah, yeah, saying yeah. that, remember Huddersfield? Their first game in the Premier League at Huddersfield Park, they beat us three yeah. 0 So yeah. I always find find it tricky when you play against some upcoming sides because you look at them and you go, not in a disrespectful way, we should be targeting three points here. We're a well-established Premier League mm. side. Then they come up and they surprise you. Arsenal have had their troubles over the years. It's the newly sides that do well, and you know you, you don't know what you're going you're going to get. You're going to get a Wolves who are very yeah. good, or you're going to get a Fulham who didn't really fare that well last year. No, and we played Fulham the first away game yeah. of the season, didn't we? I was we there. beat them. Yeah, One, I was there as well. Two, two, two you know, yeah, yeah. Slop and so, I, and I think yeah, Fulham didn't have a great season, did they? Obviously going down, but um, generally speaking, I think especially with the teams that come up and it, it, even from Crystal Palace's point of view mm. we've had some horrendous first games of the season when we've just been promoted uh, so I think the opportunity is there to get three points off a team that's just come up because they are going to be a little bit naive a little bit you know um, not really used to, to the, the possession wise keeping mm. the ball and not having that many opportunities Premier League sharpness Sharp, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it, it's it's you, you don't get the you know you don't get the second chances uh, so much in the Premier League when you lose the ball so um, yeah I, I, clean sheets is a priority for me definitely alright well heading into this new season what are your expectations and predictions for the season beyond um, it's hard now I, I don't know like of course, to stay up, I feel like that's going. Is to that be... is that really it to yeah, stay up? But so I, I think in the club's perspective, I think that's going to be the case. And you saw it last season in terms of the way that we played. At times, we were playing for a draw mm. rather than going for the win. 
and you can see it's any tactics. Yeah. So I would a, never say Palace are a side fighting for survival. But it's just so dangerous that let's say we do go for it mm. and results don't go our way and we actually do go down, then Premier League wanna compare the championship with something else and mm. that'll be it's, it's very dangerous. Away. Yeah. So yeah. I understand why the club wants to stay up. But me personally I want to go and push on. But, but your I'm not home hopeful. form is I'm not... so strong. No, you're, I, you're a real no, tough no, team to hope, beat at Selhurst Park. No, no, away form. No, no, but you're a very tough side to beat at home, I think. Uh, at home, last season, we were dreadful. Really? Yeah. Mm. Last season, at away away from home, we were sixth, I think, in the mm. Premier League in terms of record. But at home, we were like 19th. We struggled to score goals. We, we, but historically, we're usually pretty good at home. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But we had a bad season. But yeah, what Dion was saying, I think, uh, you know, what, what are my expectations for next season? Well, at the moment, I'm worried. And I think we will be bottom half. I think we might just stay up, but and that's because we've lost a, a striker, you know, Batshuayi, who's gone back to Chelsea, and we only started playing well and getting the results in the second half of the season when he came on loan, and we got a few people back from injuries. So, if we can spend some of this fifty million on replacing or getting, I don't know if we'll get Batshuayi now because of Chelsea's situation, they might want to retain him. Um, but if we can get somebody who hits the ground running. Or if God forbid, Ben Teke finds his yeah. form. Oh, I literally just typed Christian Ben Teke oh, into the laptop, well, oh, and then you brought him up because you say his tracker. There was one time when he was potent in the Premier League, yeah. and um, you must have been like rubbing your hands together when you signed him. It's just not happened, does it? Yeah, that first season was all right, seventeen goals. Yeah. Then it just went downhill. Yeah, I really don't yeah. understand. What was the cause in that? I don't know. Is that Hodgson, big, the system? I, I feel like system plays a part. Um, you, it's not only Benteke that struggled, and I don't think that's a coincidence. But then again, even even before that, he just it seems like a confidence issue. And he had this injury; he had this very long injury, and he did come back, and he actually seemed a bit confident. So I don't know. Next season is going to be a fresh start for him, and it's like the same with Conor Wickham. I just hope that they stay fit first of all, and then the rest they, they can you know the game they they've got game in them. They can play football. They're good players, but. It's just staying fit as well and being confident. So that's the most important thing as well. Well, you're talking about Christian Benteke there, which brings me to the next thing, because I know you want to talk about another famous uh, Palace legend of a forward, because it is time for your club legend of the week. Yep, it is time for this week's Crystal Palace's club legend of the week. Hmm. James, DR, who is it? So it's going to be Mark Bright this week. Yeah, Mark Bright. Was this um, you, you come together over this? Was there any disagreements or straight away? Um, no disagreements. Yeah, no disagreements. We just there might have been last week. I was <laughs> yeah, there. Last week he was there. We That's had Friedman. Yeah, and last week. Yeah, but I've I fortunately stayed away from last week, so they oh, didn't right. get the uh, <laughs> the other side. See, so when you're involved, there's a lot of senses there. No, it, well, it was just a bit of an issue <laughs> yeah, last week. Yeah, like, all right, we won't go into it. We won't go <laughs> we into it. We're still pre-watershed. It's, it's only eight forty-two. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I'm more than happy for Mark Bright because he was uh, a player that I grew up watching. You yeah, know, in the team of the late, late well, mid eighties to nineties. Um, part of the Ian Wright Mark Bright partnership, which got us to third in the old division one and um got us to a cup final and not only was he a great player and a great support for Ian Wright to get all the goals that he did but he's been so good to the club I mean he's he's a real ambassador for the club yeah yeah. Yeah. and he works with he's worked with the youth team he's helped Steve Parrish on scouting missions he I think he 
pretty much see him at most games now, don't yeah, you? Yeah, we're next to Heath Parish, so he's noticeable. And yeah, I've, he was Mark Bright. Of course, he was before my days. I never got to see him play. Um, but but he's one you I would imagine you always heard about. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the same yeah, for me. Yeah. And it's those players that they live on, don't they? They're still strong. And it always seems. I'm sure maybe you'll agree yeah. that. He seems like just a genuine, lovely bloke with it. Just genuine, really nice. And that's why I think Palace fans really love him even more, don't they? He is a nice guy. And I had the um, fortunate um, opportunity to sit next to him at a dinner when we had a charity event at Crystal Palace. And um, I was talking to him about me. I went to Russia on a, on a trip with a school sixth form and, and he'd been played in Russia and we were having a great chat. And it's a lovely, lovely guy. Really nice guy. And... Um, he, um, I've bumped in, you know, I've bumped into him uh, since when I was working up in London, and obviously he recognised my face and he'd say hello in the street. You know, he's nothing's above him or beyond him. He's just a very personable person, and I think he came under very difficult circumstances. He came from the Midlands, uh, I think it was Leicester, and there was yeah, a, quite a bit of racism at the time, and um, you know, he, he he started to sort of rebuild his his life with Palace and Steve Coppel as the manager and um, he fitted in really well and I don't think we, we've we never really had a major issue with racism at Crystal Palace um, so um, he fitted in really well didn't he? Who would you compare him to in now, in terms of a modern player? Oh good question. Yeah so he, he would obviously in those days it was like 4-4-2 wasn't yeah. it? So he would be um It'd be a target, a target player. Um, so you'd, you'd compare him to um, an on-form Benteke. On-form Benteke. Murray. Is he someone then, Mark Bright, yeah, that you always were, were showing like video clips of him or like him scoring goals or yeah, stuff? Yeah, 100%. Even like at the stadium, you will see him around the ground and stuff. He's always connected with the club and he does... Um, he commentates as well for Palace CV at times for the pre-season games. So yeah, he's always been connected and... When you think of Mark Bright, the first thing that comes into my head is uh, Bright and Wright. It just their partnership is something that's been stuck in my head as so iconic. Even though I didn't get to witness it, yeah. From what, from how everyone describes it, is that it was probably it's the best partnership yeah. under Palace. I don't know what you think. Well, but the, the Wright and Bright was was a coined phrase in those I days. I love that it Wright was, and Bright. It, it was brilliant. Yeah. It, it was it was used every week in the newspapers and. And we were that good that we got to third place yeah, in the I league. Saw, yeah, I saw that. And it was we but were due we, to go into Europe, but we didn't because they lifted the ban on Liverpool, who were second place. Yeah. And so Liverpool ended up going into Europe in, instead of Crystal Palace. Yeah, something like that. And mm. that, that must have been annoying. I was gutted. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really gutted. Well, there you have it. Europe. There was no disagreement this week. Mark Bright is your club legend of the week. See what your club legend was wearing at classicfootballshirts.co.uk. The place for football shirts. Love sports. Oh, we can hear you now, Red. And you know what that means? There is so much pressure on you to be great with this first answer (laughs) because we've come back to you for a third time. I'm only kidding. Okay, what's wrong with this? (laughs) James and Dee are both saying that Zaha will be a Palace player next year. Ed, how do you feel about it all? Well, I think it's going to be a long three weeks, put it that way. Um, at this stage, it looks like he might stay. But I, I know there's a lot of determination from his side, uh, especially to, to, to leave. Uh, but obviously, Palace are, gonna, uh, are gonna, um, not going to accept any less than, than they think he's worth, which is you know somewhere in the region of 80 million, maybe slightly less. And at, at, as it stands, no one's come anywhere near to that. 
believe there was a new approach from Arsenal this week. But again, Palace are just not, you know, not interested in playing ball at the moment, especially having sold Aaron Wambasaka already to Man United. Um, you know, they're 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 not going to let him go on the cheap, basically, no matter what Zaha's uh, family and and his agents want and he wants. Uh, and he's on a long-term contract, so it seems like it's, you know, a messy few weeks coming up. But obviously, Palace are, are desperate to keep him if they can, and he's desperate to leave. So. Uh, it's a tricky situation, and I think Palace fans obviously be, will be hoping that he does stay, and then they can patch up the, dif- the differences. Do you think there's a chance of um, Zaha being upset about it and saying that, look, I'm going to leave. If you don't, if you don't let me leave, then I'm not going to play. Me personally, we'll be, we were talking about it earlier on in the show, but I, we don't see that happening. But do you think there's that chance of something like that happening? There's always a chance, but he's not that kind of character. Mm. You know, he's always he's always knuckled down and uh, got on with it in the past. But I think there is a sense that you know that if, they, if if Palace don't sell him, he will feel not betrayed. That's too strong a word, but he feel let down by by Palace because I believe that he was kind of nothing nothing formal. But you know he, that they said last summer that if they get an offer for him, um, which is reasonable, then they would let him go. And from his point of view, maybe he thinks that they've had a reasonable offer. But I don't think that Palace would agree with that. So yeah, there is a chance of, of that. But I, I, again. I don't think he, he would go that far, but then you never know. And I think the next stage might be a, a transfer request, a formal transfer request. I think that might happen in the next week or so. Yeah, hi, Ed, it's James here. What worries me is, that, um, you know, we've got 24 hours left of this window and then suddenly someone comes in with, you know, the 80 mm-hmm. million that we want. Um, mm-hmm. And I personally wouldn't sell him unless we had some backup because you and I know we haven't got strikers to probably keep us up next season unless Benteke suddenly finds form which I'm not confident about Um, we haven't got Batshuayi who was with us on loan you know he could have been the player that could have could have stepped up to the plate and helped us next season Connor Wickham is still a bit of a worry whether he's going to be fit enough so 24 right if it, you know what would you do if, if you were the owner Steve Parrish 24 hmm. hours to go Arsenal coming with 80 million and you haven't got anyone else lined up what would you do oh, it's, a really, it's a very tough question um, I think they have got there are contingency plans in place for players that you know if he does go there are certain players I know that they're looking at in case he does go but like you say 24 hours to go and likely to be able to you know rush those through because also, you know, clubs are going to be putting up their promises for for their players if they know that Palace have got, you know, best part of 100 million in their back pocket from player sales plus all the TV money, etc. So it's going to be a very tricky tricky situation. I imagine that they will kind of come up with some sort of deadline to mm-hmm. clubs, you know, so they don't get into that situation. But like I said, it's it's a really sort of messy situation at the moment because he's he's has his heart set on leaving. So. Um, and and if they do get the the bid for him, and then turn it down, then it even more gets even more messy, and then you may be into the sort of territory where he does refuse to play. Do you all think that sort of stuff? Do you think he has actually got his heart set on leaving? Because nothing's actually come from him personally, and Roy said that he's not spoken to him about it. Well, I think yeah, he has said in an interview right. uh, that he wants to play Champions League football. That's. That- um, yeah, but I know he's not in the Champions League. That's a good point. <laughs> very good point. Yeah, that's a very good point. No, I, I think he, he does want to leave, but it, but you know yeah. this is a, it, it, well, like we're saying about him. He, he's a professional and he does act professionally, and yeah. he wouldn't. You know, he loves Palace and he, it's his boyhood club, and they've 
helped him resurrect his career after United. He, lo- you know, he really loves does love the club. But I think it's more of a personal ambition thing with him, and I kind of understand that really. But I think he he is capable of playing at a high level or for you know in Europe or Europa League or Champions League. And I think he feels like he wants to test it uh, test himself. So. But obviously, he doesn't want to hurt his relationship with, you know, uh, at Palace, where where he is loved and he does love the club. So, it's a it's a tricky situation. It was much easier for Aaron Wan-Bissaka, who, you know, um, won great season, but was easier for for a club to buy him in a way because he was on less money and uh, slightly cheaper fee, and you know, so it, it's it's a tricky situation for Wilf. I do I do kind of hopefully it will get resolved in a good way for Palace, but. Um, I'm not sure how it's going to turn at, at this stage. It's, it's really up in the air, I think. Just very quickly then, Ed, before we lose you, two weeks to the Premier League season, just over. Are you excited, nervous, especially the way the situation's at the minute? You you haven't brought anyone in. Well, one player, Henderson, Wan-Bissaka's gone, Zaha maybe, still need a striker. Are you mm. more concerned than excited ahead of the new season? I'm pretty concerned, to be honest. I have to be. I'm normally quite a pessimistic Palace fan, as most of us are. But um, I am I am quite concerned this year because, uh, like you say, I think Newcastle have just signed Jolinton, so it makes Palace the only team who haven't spent any money on a player this summer. And obviously they've got in the you know a lot of money for Wambasaka, uh, and like you say, there are several areas in the team that need strengthening. So it is a bit of a concern, I think. Uh, with I mean, last there is there are some good players at Palace, but the, the squad isn't that big, and you know a few injuries and takes the whole out of the equation. And I think they would be. They would be down there certainly uh, struggling, especially especially without Zahar. So it's a, it's some worrying times for Palace, I think. Uh, but hopefully they will be able to cheer everyone up a little bit in the next couple of weeks. I know they are working on some deals, but nothing as yet uh, has come through. Hopefully some positive news, Ed. We really appreciate you calling back and getting us on. We really wanted to speak to you, and there you have it, guys. It was the first week of the Crystal Palace Fan Show back in Nest that I was hosting. It was a pleasure to meet you. Next week, I do hope we have some good news. Zaha will still be here, <laughs> and hopefully you'll have that striker. James, the uh, pleasure to meet you. Likewise. You. And, and we'll night. see you next week. Up the Eagles. This is Love Sport. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.